0: Schedulicity has done it once again. They, uh, uh, in addition to their five thousand dollar a month grant that they give to a barber or to a hairstylist, um, they just uh, they just made it so it's a little bit easier to make some money.
1: Yeah, I mean they uh, came out with a credit card processing uh, payment system called Schedulicity Pays. It's
0: pretty exciting, right? I mean, like they're offering it uh, they're offering credit card processing for one point nine nine percent or ten cents a, a swipe, but.
1: And what's cool about thats That they'll get, even give you a uh, free uh, card reader. That's unheard of, right? Because I know I paid like a bunch of money for mine. Yeah, you know. So they're going to give it to you free, and then only charge you one point nine nine per- percent with uh, ten cent a swipe fee, right? Yeah, you
0: can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. I um, and also, what's really cool too is it works within your Schedule City app, so you don't even have to leave the app or use a different um, like app outside of outside of the uh, you know the the
1: the already app, right? Yeah, you just stay in one platform. That's Can't a, get easier than that either. I'm like...
0: <laughs> I know, right? And you can uh, manage all your, uh, all your papers right through there, right? Yeah, all your inventory and everything.
1: It, You know, all major credit cards are accepted.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the best part, which is also what makes Schedulicity incredible, is their their customer service, or as I like to be called... The Rockstars. The Rockstars. So you still have the love, same... Love, the rock
1: stars. the Rockstars. The
0: Rockstars are are the difference makers in this company, as far as I'm concerned. Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and so you still get that, uh, that, that same service with them. Um, so, I mean,
1: literally getting paid just got a little bit better. Yeah. And then for uh, more information, just visit SchedulicityCares.com to find out uh, more information on getting paid. cares.
0: Hey hey! Welcome to your day off. My name is Corten. Of course, super my best bud. Tone, what's up, Tone? What's happening, brother? Uh, today's a good one,
1: man. We got a we got one of our favorites back. Yeah, I mean this dude. He, he, I can definitely say when he when he talks, I am totally intrigued and all in. What was that commercial? E. F. Hutton. See your E. F. Hutton. Yeah. Was it E. F. Hutton? I don't know.
0: We'll figure it out. And it's not that important. <laughs> You know, so today our guest is, is Gavin Salisbury and uh, Gavin is a, uh, a coach with the uh, with uh, Summit Salam Business Solutions or SSBC or something, whatever that is. Business Center. Uh, business Center, whatever it is. We'll get into it. He'll yell at me. He'll yell, us, yell at us in a second about it. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm just, I, I am so grateful and honored to have Gavin in our world because he just brings so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's lived it, he's done it, but I mean just he knows his stuff. And he's another dude
0: that loves the hairstylist. I I think it's so cool that that we've been been able to um we're starting to create like these people that are truly the the hairstylist is is in their best interest, right? And, and and you know with with Gavin, with schedulicity with with all these people that we're kind of like um, surrounding ourselves with and
1: in the hairstylist are their numero uno in, in, in their business. Yeah. And we've had this conversation with him before, and we had it before the start of the podcast where, I mean, you know, when he sees other people succeed, other hairdressers succeed, it, it excites us. It, it excites him, right? Yeah. It, he's truly, I wouldn't say like a proud papa, but kind of a proud pop kind of feeling you know it's like like you know papa gavin yeah papa gavin (laughs) Gavin. 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 (laughs) that's all right (laughs) so when he goes into a salon and 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 coaches them and when he sees the changes and he sees the 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 increases i mean there's got to be a sense of like you know wow you know job well done
0: that's awesome yeah. That's really awesome. Should we bring him in? Yeah.
1: All right. So,
0: Mr. Gavin. Papa Gavin. It. So, Mr. Papa Gavin, welcome back to your day off.
2: What's up? What's Super up, buddy? excited to be here. As always, it's an honor to be here with you guys today.
1: Stop. Uh, the honor's ours. Yeah, truly, man. We we truly, truly appreciate you.
2: Hey, thank you. And everything you were saying, I do. I might, I think I said this on an earlier podcast, but my mother, um she, she did right by making sure I really understood that my shoes came from the hard work of hairstylist, And when I say my shoes, because literally when we'd walk into my, to our family salon, when I was just a little boy, I mean, she was already pointing out things that you probably wouldn't know when you're six or seven years of age. You look down at uh, your shoes and you realize, I don't know how how much the connection was there but it but it made sense that I saw them doing hair and then I I'm looking at my shoes thinking oh the connection of their hard work pays for my shoes wow. so uh that started early early and then you know I think when as I got older you just kind of always and I I'd like to say I don't hear it as often but the beauty school dropout whole philosophy it's fun to put on your Cape every day and walk in and out of hair salons, really trying to fight that, you know, and change that. And, uh, it feels so good. It feels like it's why I get out of bed every morning.
1: I mean, literally every time we, we just talk or just have a conversation, I, my, I am so intrigued and I am so glued in with what you're saying. And I, I, I can't get enough. And again, you know, I, I just, really, really appreciate it.
2: Well, awesome. Awesome. And I'm excited about today. Today, um, I really wanted to spend some time on just pricing Mm -hmm. and looking at, um, you know, what's that look like for you, the listener, your business, because I don't think we're all in the same category, even though we all have a professional hair license. um, That doesn't mean that, you know, I can raise prices the same day that someone across the country or in a different salon can. And what I wanted to try and teach um, and have a conversation about is just there's indicators and being more mindful of those indicators so that um, when you are aware and you understand that, you know, uh, here's my indicators, I'm ready for a price increase, then I think you lose some of the fear, you increase some of the self confidence, and through both of those, ultimately, I think you gain more self-worth. And um, so the indicators that I wanted to talk about today was really looking at the area household demographics, because I'll use just quick examples on each one of these, where our salon's located and where your salon or where your suite is and my suite, the people that live around me, the household incomes are not always going to be the same in every locality in America. So I think you've got to look at household income um, and there's some more information I'll dive into on that one. Um, You got to, I think, look at the new traffic, you know, like for example, if, if I don't get any new clients, very few, I very seldomly get a referral. I don't get a lot of walk-in traffic. That's going to be a different, I'm in a different position than another stylist who does kill it on Instagram and get a ton of referrals and lots of new traffic in their chairs. That's a, that's really a night and day scenario. So I think you've got to look at new client um, traffic flow as another indicator Um, retention of business, just your overall retention. I don't think there's one industry like here's retention and only retention. And this is the only thing we look at. But I think there are a couple of things to be mindful of around retention. Um, How many visits, if you had someone sit in your chair, what's the likelihood that they return? And so they call that like a first visit um, retention. And then that you can look further out and say, what about three visits? And so when you start to really kind of get your head around retention, I think that's one more indicator. Um, And then one more piece of it, one more indicator is, the cost per square foot. So my suite cost might be different than your suite cost, and so what I'm paying for my space isn't always going to be the same in every suite. Um, and this would also be for just salon owners in general. Uh, same, same. Your square footage isn't always the same in every location you you walk into. So based on the square footage cost, I need to be mindful of pricing my services so that I can you know, really pay my square, my, my rent for my space. And so like a quick example there is if I've got a suite in Beverly Hills and I've got a suite in a small town in America, those rent rates are going to be significantly different. So ultimately I'm going to pay a different price per square foot for my rent and how I price my services. I really need to take into account those two that that price per square foot because uh, obviously if I'm paying a higher rent my pricing needs to match that higher rent I, I in a way I don't really have a choice and if I'm not careful I might be just doing a lot of hair generating a decent amount of money but I'm really not getting ahead financially because I'm paying you know for my cost of goods and my rent um, so I think that's one more of the rent the cost per square foot is an, is one more indicator.
0: Awesome. So let's, 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 let's tackle them one by one. So um, let's start where you ended and, and, and is, is there a formula for, you know, uh, your, 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 your cost of rent, you know, like, uh, can we look at it? Is it possible to look at it differently as opposed to like a cost per square foot? Can we look at it from like, this is what it's costing me per week and kind of break it down that way?
2: You know the formula that we teach um, at Summit is a if you can get what your cost per square foot is. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to just do a generic example. You guys want to make up a number? What would be a, a number
0: for like a or a cost?
2: For a monthly rent if we just used an average suite in America, what would you say is I mean, a number? That's
1: 1200, 300 bucks a week.
0: I mean, I was going to go with a thousand just to make numbers easier, but All sure. Right. A thousand bucks. A thousand bucks for the month.
2: Okay. So let's do a thousand. So they're paying a thousand every month and they're yep. going to pay that 12 months um, throughout the year. So for the year, they're going to pay $12,000 for that space. Um, the average suite space is what? 10 by 12. Sure. So that's 120 square feet, a 10 by 12 space. So if I'm going to pay $12,000 over the course of the year and I'm paying for 120 square feet, a 10 by 12. My rent is about a, um, let me do that again. A thousand a month divided by a 10 by 12, 120. That's a really high one. You're paying about a hundred dollars a square foot for that. Now that probably is not a good example because, (laughs) um, I think your space might be a little bit bigger. Let's take a different one. Let's go with 1,000, but let's go with a, a 15 by 15 space. You have your shampoo bowl. So you're 15 by 15. You're looking at 225 square feet. So $1,000, 225 square feet times 12. You're paying about $53 a square foot. When you're paying, so I'll go back and just quickly go give you the numbers. We said a thousand bucks a month for your suite. Yep. And it's a 15 by 15 space. You're coming in at about $53 a square foot is what you're paying. The formula is, is you have to generate at least two times the square footage cost. So $53 times two would be 106. Your average ticket should be at least two times your average square footage. So that'd be a $106 average ticket. See, that's very very important, very intentional. It's based off of the reality of your space versus maybe someone else's could it's going to be different. They're going to maybe they're paying more, maybe they're paying less, maybe their space is bigger, smaller.
0: So Tony and I, we both have sweet mates. So uh in our scenario, would you take that same square footage and then divide it in half?
2: Uh yeah. Yeah. So if
0: it was like 15 by like 20 or something, we'd take that square footage and then just divide that in half. And that's the way we'd figure it out.
2: Yeah. So 15 by 20, you really have 300 square feet in that space. Yours would be 150 square feet if you cut it in half. Got it. And then you're just taking the rent, the thousand divided by the 150, you get $6 and 66 cents. But because you do it, it's an annual formula. So I I need to multiply it times 12. You're looking at $80. So your average ticket in your space should be close to about 160 bucks.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. That's huge, man.
2: It is huge. It is really huge. And and this is why I think you see um, the occupancy. A lot of people will sign a one-year lease for a suite, but oftentimes going into year two, they can't really swing it. And that's why I'm this, to me, this conversation is super important because pricing's important, but pricing gets you to an average ticket in the way of the world today. You're not doing very many single service clients, right? right. Um, not to say you don't do a few, but your bread and butter, your client um, that's really going to help you get ahead is the multi-service um, specialty color client, and that's why you ha- need to get that ticket with that type of client. It's a little more doable. By the time you add the haircut, the the color, the whether it's you know a balayage or a, a treatment, and you start to stack two, three, four, or five services, and it's more realistic that you can get that average ticket to that uh, mark that you need it here's the downside. If you're, if you don't, then you just have to do more volume. Right. So then, and and that's where I think, I think long-term on volume, I think, you know, it's great when you're young, but as you age, I think you run, you're really putting a lot of uh, stress on your body. Um, I think it's, uh, it, it can be also just tricky when you're doing a high volume with, um, you know, multi-service appointments. How do you fit in when, some of these appointments might be two and a half, three hours. You're trying to fit, you know, a lot of clients into a certain window of time. Um, It's making it tricky to fit that much volume in because of the time allotment for each appointment. That makes sense.
1: So you're saying, okay, so I got my square footage set out. I got my, my pricing. I mean like, you know, what I should be bringing my average ticket to. Okay. Um, But not just that, those aren't just the, the only indicators, correct? I mean, what if I have all, all that in place, what do I still have to consider?
2: Oh yeah, that's a great question. So when you look at household demographics, there's a formula that on our prep last time we talked a little bit about this is we use a, um, a formula where we're looking at whatever the average household income is of the area that you're, you're developing your business. And you can literally Google that. You can go online and just put household income with whatever zip code that you're in. Now you're going to get, and everybody should do this. Um, When you do that, just know that you're going to get variations. You're going to have this website saying this amount, this website saying this amount, but you need to know that, Tony, because if I just go off of, uh, if I just pick a number out of thin air and let's say the, Salon the, the chair that I'm renting. Um, my household income around me is seventy five thousand dollars. So the average household in my area is seventy five thousand. Now there's a formula for that. Um, so what that means is the a person who's making seventy a household that's making seventy five thousand a year. That's a thirty six dollar an hour. If you break 75,000 down and you literally break it down to an hourly allotment, it's 36 bucks an hour.
0: And that's 40 hour week. Is that what we're it's talking about? 40
2: hour work week. Yeah. Uh-huh. So all we did is we took, we found a, an example of a household income of your area. I divided it by 52 weeks. I divided it by 40 hours. I got $36. The minimum I would want to charge for a haircut and style in that household demographic would be one times the hourly average, which is thirty six dollars.
0: Thirty six bucks.
2: So if I were, let's say I'm just beginning to build my business, I'm just starting out. That might be my lower, lowest price point to begin for my cut and styles, thirty six. But we also can multiply We only multiply that by one. We can multiply it by one and a half. So that would be fifty four. So somewhere between thirty six and 54 would be a haircut price point that really matches what the household income level is of the area that I'm in. And that's super, super important. Cause without knowing that, I think you're just kind of um, putting your, fi- licking your finger and putting it up in the air. <laughs> I mean, that, there needs to be some kind of rhyme to the reason.
0: That And that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's who, who knew? I, I never kind of knew that, you know? Yeah, I've got a lot of work to do. i got to go work. home. Yeah, calculated, calculated on this. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So mainly, uh, so this pricing that we're talking about, it's mainly for you know, if you're starting out a, uh, a new salon or you know trying to figure Sweet. out where you fit in. The, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: But not really, because imagine, imagine, Corey, let's say you've been doing hair for 20 years and you're at a price point that if I did that same math, And I just see that, oh my gosh, you're charging 35, but yet you can go one and a half times that average hourly, which put it at 54. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I were doing coaching with you and you're like, I'm at 36, I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute, you're on the low end of that. You're only one times the hourly. We need to get it closer to the one and a half times the hourly, which is 54. So now the conversation with you, the plan, the price increase It makes more sense if we just looked at that one indicator. It looks like you're ready for a price increase versus this is what we see. We see everything like both sides of it, but versus let's say, Tony, you're charging $75 for a cut and style. And I go to do the same math and it shows the same numbers, 36 on the low end, 54 on the high end, but yet he's at 75. Now I've got a really – Look at other indicators a little further for you, Tony, because you're already beyond the boundaries of that formula, which is possible. I'm not saying that's not impossible, but the reality is, is you we don't want to outprice yourself out of your market. And sometimes that can happen um, if we don't use some kind of indicator on the reality of what people earn in my market.
1: So you're saying I'm more vulnerable to, to something that could happen?
2: Oh, if you, let's say you're at 75, you don't look at any other indicators and now you go up to 80 or 85 and you're already North of what that household formula is. You could see more attrition from your business. Um, You can see, um, I think attrition would be number one. New client acquisition is harder. It's harder to get a new client when you're way outside of your household, you know, that formula, that means there's people there that will pay it, but you're getting into the really infinite, like small, you know, a group of people. So it's just being really, all the indicators would need to be very strong in order for you, I think, to make a smart decision and raise prices again.
0: I love this stuff. All right. What's our next indicator that, uh, what would our next one be?
2: I think you got to look at um, retention rates. You know, like looking at the reality of your retention rate, I think is super important um, because here's what can sometimes happen. What if I'm in an area where I get a lot of traffic? I just do. I've never really had to retain it. I just, it shows up and um, I'm blessed. I'm in a good suite. I'm in a good location. Well, that business that's just showing up, and let's just say call it walk in business. um, That's different business than business that I've retained the repeat requests. I've kept them long-term. Those are two night and day uh, client bases. And so where I look at um, the uh, retention rate is just really making sure that we're not going to raise prices when you're already struggling with retention. That wouldn't make any sense. And so when people ask, you know, what's good retention? And I always, you know, we just look at it basically if you, you should be able to get at least half of all your first visits to return. That'd be the very first thing I'd look at.
0: So 50% on that.
2: Yeah. And that, I don't think that's like blowing the doors off of it. I think I'm just being super conservative. If we put 10 people in the chair in the month of December that have never seen you before, never had a service by you, can you get half of them um, to come back and see you within the next 90 to 120 days? Um, you would be shocked at the industry when it comes to that statistic. It's p- probably in the mid 25 to 27%. I think I was here 27%. So it's a... Wow. Four- Um, so there would be an example, why would I want to raise prices? If I can't, I'm already struggling to keep new people and it might not be pricing. That's, I don't want people to think of retention. The reason why people don't come back is pricing. It's usually a lot of different things. It could be, it could be just the, the customer service. Um, it could be the communication. It could be the technical side of it. It could be the, maybe it's the location, the decor, they, they walk in and then, you know, it was tricky to park. It was tricky to find you. It's maybe not the greatest environment that I'm sitting in. Um, So there's lots of things that play there. Uh, But I think just look at it from a 50% should be coming back to see you as a minimum.
0: Wow. So we have, yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. So we have square footage, right? We have household income, which I love both of those. I love so much. Right and then and then your retention rate and then um so kind of can we walk back through it
2: new like client how- new, new client traffic i think is the the one of the other points that i mentioned when we were just getting started is um making sure that you're aware of before you raise prices um what is your new client traffic percentage and i'll, I'll use a generic example in the last two months All I'd have to know is how many clients have I seen in the last two months? Let's just pretend I'm seeing, um, for easy math, I'll say 100 a a month. So in the last two months, I've seen 200 clients sit in my chair in those two months. That's, That's a pretty high number, but 200. How many of the 200 were first visits? Now, what we're trying to teach and get people to really, I don't know, be aware of is, you really need a minimum of 10%. So one out of 10 people should be new. Nine of them can be their old, you know, you've been around, they've old relationships, you've, they're clients of yours. Nine are um, requesting, repeating, one is new. If 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 that's where you are, that's good. You got one out of 10, that's not amazing, but that would be one indicator that you could check off the box and say, I think I'm ready for a price increase. Now, if it's anything beyond that, that's even better. 20% of all your traffic's new, two out of 10, that's awesome. But when it's below 10%, and let's just, you go back to, I've seen 200 people in two months, but I only have seen five new people um, show up. I just think that doesn't mean you can't raise prices, but you need to be aware of the reality that if you do lose some clients from the price increase, you might have to hustle differently to try to drive that new business if not it'll just take a while to kind of catch up with what you lost
1: that totally makes sense wow right we um so so you mentioned that you know so when is it uh not a good time to raise your prices right so you know and that's one of them right if if you're not getting uh enough new clients so when you re- raise your prices and you lose clients, uh, it's going to take you a lot longer to rebuild that 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 income because of you know you're not getting the new clients. Is that the only? Well, I, I think I think. Well, I I'll put it on you, Gavin. Like like
0: we've done the in indicators of of how to raise your prices and when to raise your prices. Are there indicators that say, whoa, let's pump the brakes a little bit and maybe we shouldn't um, do it? And not necessarily using those, but are there uh, are there other indicators outside of those? that, that, that would be of concern.
2: Yeah. Like if you look at it from a price increase perspective, just raising prices, whatever you raise, what we see is at most, if I raise my prices 10%, so my $50 cut in style goes to 55. So I went up 10 points, 10%. I could lose at most 10% of my client base. Mm-hmm. So that ma- that formula always matches. If I went up 20% on my pricing, I could lose as much of 20% of my client base. Are you so making
0: that money up though, is the question? You
2: can make some of it up without a doubt with what clients stay plus right. 10%. Um, but you just have to be prepared for that. And oftentimes that's the goal, right?
0: It's to, like, to open up some space, right? Right.
2: I mean, so th- th- sometimes we forget that, You know, you got kind of one goal going on. Yes, you want to get what you're worth and it's time, and the indicators show that you're ready, but also you want to try to get some openings in your availability so you can take on new business at a higher price point. So you do want to lose people, I think, but you just don't want to lose too many. Um, And that's where the percentage increase, that indicator is super important so that, you know, 10% lose 10%. I'd say in the U S in the beauty industry, I'd say a 10% is probably the most common price increase. Um, not to say there's rarities. Sometimes it makes sense to go up 15 or 20%. Mm -hmm. But, um, I I do think on the down low on the bottom end, I would, if you're going to raise prices, do it. Don't just raise them 5%. Cause then what's the
0: What's, the, what's point? the point?
2: You really didn't see the increase that you wanted to get out of it. You're probably not going to lose any clients, which I know that might sound like a good thing. But I think you got to look at what's really the goal of that price increase and right. making sure that when, if you do it, do it right and do it 10 percent or more um, to get the most what bang out of your, you know, because that's not something you're doing every day. Well, right. I mean, it's once a year, once every other year.
0: How many, how many salons do you coach?
2: Personally, probably fifty.
0: Okay, so out of those fifty, I know that I know there's a little concern. Like if you watch the news and stuff, there's some indicators that we're heading into a recession. Are are any of out of your fifty? How many of those people are either concerned about it, or or are, are they are they changing? I guess the question is, are any of them changing their business to um to to prepare?
2: That's a great question. You know, I don't think anyone yet. It's so, um, I don't think anyone has yet, but I do think that you're going to see in the next three to six months, Mm -hmm. you're going to see more action strategies, reality, um, around a potential downturn in the economy. Um, like I was sharing with you guys, it's been 120, I think three months since we've had a downturn in the economy. Um, this economy has been roaring since 2000, I think really 2010. Mm-hmm. So for the, almost a decade, we've been on a, an upswing and I, it's great. I mean, everybody <laughs> is benefiting from it. The industry is benefiting from it. But um, I just think if you're out there listening and I think it goes back to the indicators, if you're ready, you're ready, do it, you know, no time like the present. But I do think if, if you maybe have had some recent price increases, maybe you don't see as much new traffic coming in. Maybe, you know, you haven't been all about your Instagram lately. And, you know, some of the indicators just show that you're already kind of higher price point in your demographic. Those are the people that I, I'm not saying not to raise prices, but I think you need to really be aware of what next year could look like later in the back half of the year, if we were, and I say, if mm-hmm. we were to have some kind of recession or downturn, um, I think just be aware and really be cautious about that price increase.
0: That's awesome, man. You know, I'm just like, I love how like, he just kind of like, particularly like with the square footage and with the, in the household income, which I've never heard before. Right. But I just kind of like, Oh, those are real numbers. Like those didn't just come from like some arbitrary kind of thing. Or, you know, I think what most stylists do are certainly, and I'm a hundred percent guilty of it. When, uh when I went from a summit salon to a suite, like I was like, well, what's that summit salon over there charging? And that's, that's where we'll start. Cause we know if, if they're making money, then I know that I can, I can, I can play in that same, you know, I'll be making money, you know, because it's just me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh I, I love that those are real, real numbers. Now I'm so incredibly curious as to go, shoot my or uh, go add up my numbers and 100% I'm gonna
1: go renegotiate my lease and say look I'm paying way too I know you're paying uh x amount of numbers per square feet and I'm like tripling quadrupling that I mean I yeah know, right. I, I'm no I, I'm overpaying exactly <laughs> overpaying
0: Yeah, overpaying, right. Yeah, Nobody pays anymore.
2: You know what's so awesome, you guys, is what's happened. I started consulting about 17 years ago, and it was a single-service world back then. You had less multi-service clients then. Now, what is awesome, and I don't know how to explain this other than just say it, is in today's world, looking at analytics of salon industry all the time, is you have clients coming in. They're not coming in the old school way of every four to six weeks. I think everybody knows that, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're coming in less. But when they show up, they have, in essence, like, sure, yep, I'll take that. Yep, I'll take that. Uh Uh-huh, that sounds good. And I don't think they say this out loud to the stylists, but in their minds, I, without a doubt, believe right now, they're like, I'm only here four or five times, four times a year. Just hook me up.
0: Right, just, right, right, just do right. everything
2: you think is what I need, and if that ticket's going to be two twenty, two thirty, one seventy, great, sounds great. Right. so much, awesome. Um, that is a different world than sixteen or seventeen years ago when I started consulting. That was you get a ticket over a hundred dollars, and that was really starting to be. Mm, mm. Let's, let's drop the ticket at the. If someone else could ring them out, we were dropping and running.
0: (laughs) Drop and run. Guilty. Guilty. And
2: (laughs) and now today that number has really, it's no longer a hundred is the drop and run. Um, I think you're now into the 200, the two, like there's a number that everybody wants to 300. Like there's a number you want to drop and you have still have that anxiety, Mm -hmm. but it's no longer a hundred. And I think that goes to show it's not so much the stylist that's changing. It's they're changing as the guest is changing. And nowadays for, sure. for a guest to walk in and spend that kind of money um, three or four times a year, I think it's just, it's a beautiful time to be in the beauty industry.
0: Well, hell Gavin, 15 years ago, you still had $8 shampoos, you know, there's not a shampoo that's under like 28 bucks now, you know, it's like everything, oh, those prices have gone have skyrocketed and it's happened really quick. And the first product that I kind of, I don't know if this is off, it's definitely off topic, but hey, we're just having conversation at this point. Um, the first product I remember was Pureology. Like Pureology came in with this like really high, like sulfate free, like price point, you know, and it was like, I want to say it was, it was like over 20 bucks for the shampoo and conditioner when it first came out. And then all these other companies, you know, started to like, now end up now, like, it's funny because Pureology is no longer like, uh a, 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 they're going to kill me, but it's no longer like this super elite like, like price point anymore, right? It's like it's kind of mid, it's kind of a mid range price point now, or even like lower to mid range, you know, like if, if like in a, that 25% like range, it's just, it's just funny how, again, that was the first product that I kind of remember that came in with this, like this, you know, this regular uh, available product, not like the, the super elite um, products, but I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you guys, you guys get it.
2: Well, you know, what it speaks to is part one of my notes I made for today was the 8%. And if you guys remember when we chatted a while ago, the 8% in any given market in the United States of America, 8% of that population loves to spend money. Whoa. They love it. They love, it makes them feel good buying that $5 latte. They mm-hmm. don't care about that $5. They, and it's not always, I think we always think, well, that's the, the well-off people, the, the do-gooders. And I think, yes, definitely they're in that top 8%, but you also get inside of that top 8%, you've got people that just value beauty differently than others. So even though maybe I'm not, I don't have a ton of money, I'm willing, when I walk into a hair salon, I'm willing to buy that higher price point shampoo and conditioner set. I'm willing to spend. Uh, you know, $300, $270 mm. on my hair because that is what I value. And I love that the, our industry, you guys, without a doubt, every year goes by and the value of beauty keeps increasing. Yes. And that to me is an awesome thing to wake up and be in America and be in the beauty industry and to be doing hair today behind the chair because. Society continues to put more value on beauty, which speaks to price increasing, which speaks to average tickets. Um, it's a really fun, um, I'd, I'd go so far to say very lucrative time in the beauty industry, if you know what you're doing.
0: I love that. And, it, you know, I got to, to that note, Gavin, um, while you're saying this, this just came in my head, but um, Tony and I, in the suite that we work at, we literally work with some of the best vivid artists in the country, Right and 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 they're they're putting out these huge tickets from very, very young people, you know, and, and it, yeah. it's just about how they value you know that's their value system, you know, how those vivids look or how that color looks. Um, and they're coming in quite quite often as well, you know so and, and I know that those tickets well I know how long I know how much time they spend with each one of these um, right. uh, vivid, vivid um uh, clients. And, and, and most of them are very, very young, and, and they're, spending a, they're spending a pretty coin on it. So it's just about their priorities and their values. Mm-hmm.
2: There's always services that come along that wake you up to what people are willing to spend. And I'd say in the last 12 to 18 months, it's been the hand-tied extensions. Yeah. Those things came into the industry, and it just seems like they caught on like wildfire. Um, lots of people went and got certified. But the amount of money that the guest is willing to pay to have the longer hair, the fuller hair, it's uh, it kind of is one of those scratch your head, gosh, am I thinking too little? Like the purology concept yeah. that you wouldn't have thought Pureology would have hit the market and been, it, 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 they couldn't keep it in stock. And I'm sure that wasn't what everybody had anticipated, that people would be that willing to spend that much on hair care but look we surprise ourselves either Ch- Howard Schultz was probably one of the few people that thought ah people don't want to spend 75 cents on a gas station coffee they're going to spend 3 or 4 dollars on my coffee and i think most people would have thought you're nuts yeah nobody will do that and now look it's like we'll drive across town to get that
0: yeah. yeah, talk to my wife. I know, mine too. <laughs> Never driven past a Starbucks. We haven't stopped at. That. <laughs> That's crazy. Gavin, yeah. dude, great. First off, great conversation. Second off, great knowledge. Um, and, and I'm literally going to uh, pull out a calculator and start running my numbers. So you might get a phone call here in a couple minutes of me just crying like, Gavin. And if
1: you're going to raise your prices 10% or more, or don't bother.
0: Right. right. Yeah, right, right.
2: What's the point? Like you have to go through all of the communication. Now there's a piece of it, people, communication around it. And I think, you know, we at Summit have helped, I don't even know how many, it's got to be a three, four, five, six thousand 6,000 salons go through price increases. Also individual stylists go through price increases. And all we really communicate, all we want to make sure that people do is they communicate a price increase. The worst thing you can do is to not communicate it. And even though that's, I think we think is the easiest way, to just surprise them, drop the ticket, and just boom, right on the spot. Um, we hold on, hold on
0: Gavin. Hold on, hold on. Can we debate this out?
2: Yes, yes. We okay. certainly, certainly can.
0: Because we're the only industry in the world that thinks that we have to inform our clients that we have a price increase. No, but no other industry in the world does that. Your gas station doesn't do it. Your grocery store doesn't do it. Your 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 whoever else. You know, even your doctors don't do it. You know, so, so why, why do we feel as an industry that we need to like inform all of our guests that we're having a price increase?
2: Well, I think it's different. I'm not wanting, I, I agree with you. Um, Cause I even use that when I'm trying to give someone courage that it's time and let's raise prices. <laughs> and, um, but what I'm saying is, is not to send a warning letter. We make fun of, we literally joke about that at summit. Don't send warning letters. Don't send a, Hey, bring more money on your next visit save up like none of that. We're just saying somewhere in the appointment prior to it really should be in the consultation mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I need to say, Hey Corey, by the way, I've had a recent slight price adjustment and I wanted you to be aware of it that my whatever my haircuts, my color, my whatever has went up about 10%. I just wanted mm-hmm. you to be aware of it. And I'm not sending you a letter. I'm not, uh, but here's what we don't want you to do is not to talk about it at all. And then just wait until the end of the appointment. And then just to say, it's going to be X amount today. And I think that's where you raise more likelihood that people will question what, what was it seems like it's more this time. And, and now if you get put in that spot, you're going to have to backpedal a bit of, well, yeah, my, um, our prices have gone. And I think it just doesn't look as as professional, professional as oh, it could be. So you don't have to do a sign. You don't have to send a letter, but just some sort of communication I think is a smart thing to
0: do. All right. That's fair.
1: I just, because, because all those other examples that you gave, you don't have a personal relationship like you do with your client, right? That's fair. You know, so if I have a personal relationship, I, you know, I, I, for me, I feel like, Hey, you know, I'll do it. The the haircut before and said, you know, I just want to let you know that my prices have gone up today. You know, it's still the same, but next time it's blah, blah, blah. And just to give them a heads up and then just because of my relationship with them, because I do care about them. You know what I mean like a gas station they, they they don't care about us at all I don't have no relationship with my, my local gas station although except when I go in there and get coffee
0: yeah well my wife definitely has a uh has a relationship with the Starbucks people because uh she's in there three times a day right
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. awesome all right Gav we uh our 20 minute uh, conversation is now just about 45. So, okay. <laughs> so, but, it, but it was a knowledge filled 45. So, uh, so I appreciate it. I know Tony appreciates it and, and I'm sure uh, people listening in will appreciate it. Once again, thank you so, so very much. Thank you for, uh, for, for hanging out with us and Gavin, thank you very much for joining us on your day. Thank you.